You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of The Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Gulliver. Susie Hunt. And we have a guest joining us today. Mike, are you pointing at me? I am. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Corey Skrupa. From the... Uh, From the little-known podcast, So It's Come to This, a Simpsons family podcast. My three biggest fans are in this room. <laughs> Maybe my three... Only fans are in this room, aside from my best friend Timothy <laughs> and Caleb. <laughs> and, Caleb. and Caleb. Yep. Wait, are we? Are you saying us three have an OnlyFans? Maybe that's only for the patrons. Oh. <laughs> that's the high level tier. The that's that's the spicy boogeyman's closet. <laughs> the weatherman on Spectrum in New York got canned because he did no. like an OnlyFans type video with his partner. Oh my and god! And somebody sent it to the station and to his mother. What the fuck? And to his mom. And to his mom. That's no. just cruel. That's crossing the line. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't, might not be so happy right now, but I still, I still need my job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we are wrapping up our month of one and done slashers with episode 156. This is one I've been waiting a long time to get on this show, but behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, I love this movie so much. Uh, it came out in 2006. It's an hour and 32 minutes, directed by Scott Glosserman. Uh, he's also done Truth in Numbers, Everything According to Wikipedia, and unfortunately, he was supposed to do Before the Mask, but it never got off the ground. Boo. Yeah, they did a comic book of it, which was cool, but unfortunately, the uh, the movie never happened. But let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this classic horror movie. Corey, as you're our guest, we will always start with you. Well, thank you. I love this movie. It's one of my favorites. I love mockumentaries and found footage movies the best. And I'm not ashamed to say I begged Mike to be on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I was happy to have I'm you. Like, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I loved how the horror genre is completely a real thing with Michael Myers and Jason and Freddie being actual real people in this. Yep. I love how Leslie builds the mythology. I had one gripe, but I'll save it till the end. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maurice, we'll toss it over to you. What are, what are your thoughts on this one? I enjoy this movie. It's only the second time I've watched it, but really? I, yeah. Oh, this is a go-to for me. I don't really watch too many movies, like, once I see them the first time, unless it's stuff I grew up with. Yeah, that's true. Like, or porn. Eh. Or yeah. OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if he's paying for it, he's going to watch it over and over. <laughs> well, only Mike's OnlyFans. It's spicy. It sure is. Bad Chinese um, and Taco Bell. Oh, no. Mike and Taco Bell. <laughs> how, do you think, how do you think Obey got COVID? <laughs> Taco Bell. <laughs> he was joining me on my OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> I too. <laughs> I like it though. I 
like I said, I've only seen it twice. Uh, I was actually late to the game with behind the mask. I think the first time I watched it was a couple of years ago. Wow. Yeah. So I came across it when I was doing my Halloween movies or October movies. So I heard so much about it, but I never watched it. And so I was like, well, let me give it a shot. And oh, I enjoy it. Um, I probably should watch it more, but yeah, I might. I may. Right now, it's not streaming anywhere. I don't think so. Yeah, no, I just own right now, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pay pay to view it. But uh, yeah, no, I I enjoyed the cameos of you know Kane Hodder and Robert. Robert <laughs> England's not really a cameo. He's one of the main characters. I guess Doctor Loomis. Te- yeah. Technically, this is the only time we've gotten Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. You know. Um, Doc was his name Doc Holloway. Uh, Holloran. Holloran. It's, it's a mix of two names from The Shining. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the middle, beginning of the movie, towards the middle, you see the, um, when they're scouting the school, you see the girls doing mm-hmm. the jump ropes with that cameo. Oh, so, there's so many good cameos. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but yeah. those are the ones that, you know, that really stick out. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the whole concept behind it and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, Susie, what are your thoughts? Any movie that has a line she's empowering herself with cock. <laughs> I love that Gets line. two thumbs up in my book. <laughs> Agreed. I love this movie. I like Corey. I like how it's really a step by, like a serial killer's right. step-by-step guide. The serial killer's guide to, to the, the universe. To, <laughs> yes. Um, the galaxy. I... I just can't say enough good things about this. I loved Eugene and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like, their dynamic. You ran, but I caught you. <laughs> that was so twisted. Like, when you yeah. get to that reveal, it's like, wait, wait, wait. She was one of his victims? Yeah. And now yeah. they're a thing? Like, yeah. Oh. I mean, I, I... And then you have to watch all of the credits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's great. And, um... I don't know. Kelly is a real fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there, I've said it. I love what happens to her, though. <laughs> yes. Yes. But she, I, she's the sweet virgin. <laughs> virgin. Yeah. I don't, I, I love this movie. I, you know, I'm not a fan of shaky cam, but there was really not a lot of shaky cam in this. Yep. And I yeah. love how, like the final, I guess you would say it's a third act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It switches from that mockumentary to an <laughs> to a actual straight up movie. Straight up movie. Yeah. I love the switch. Yep. Yeah. I love it. And it, it's it right it it is right at the third act like right yeah. at the mm-hmm. final act that's when we switch from the mockumentary to now we're in a slasher movie yeah uh, yeah and I'm upset about one part what's that there's no mid movie thunderstorm this is true that's one trope they left out for a slasher movie it's the third act storm we didn't yeah. get the third act storm yeah I didn't even think of that that's yeah. that's a good call. Because that's just about every single Friday the 13th, every Halloween. Every, every yeah. slasher film. It's clear yeah. skies all day, it's clear at night, and all of a sudden that storm rolls in. Yeah. Even if it doesn't rain, it's at least storming. Right. Like, right. It's super windy and there's lightning rain. or whatever. Yeah, as long as there's lightning and rain, mm-hmm. a little bit of thunder. Mm-hmm. And come on, if it's have, in the budget. Yep. You have Zelda Rubenstein. Oh, oh yeah. this is her last oh, movie. I know. Yeah. I know. I Shane was her. like, Shane watched part of it with me. Mm-hmm. And he's like... Oh, she's in it? I'm like, yeah, don't you want to watch it now? No. <laughs> See, for me, this this is seriously one of my favorite movies in the last 25 years. Um, this is one of those ones I've told it, I think it was on a Patreon, it might have been on an episode, 
But I had no desire to see this film. I saw the trailer for it. I thought the trailer looked dumb. Was like, eh, whatever. Jess rented it from Blockbuster, so we're, I'm dating myself here. Oh, boy. Um, oh, come on, I'll say. Make it a Blockbuster night. <laughs> yeah, it was one of our last Blockbuster films, <laughs> But I was working a 3 to 11. She rented it, and then she called me at work and was like, look, I know you said you didn't want to watch this, but you need to watch this. You're going to like it. And I was like, all right. So I get home, sit down, watch the movie. Fucking loved it. I ended up watching it a second time, like, that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I love the... The outfit, you know, the mask. And oh, the yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole mythology built yeah. around yes. Leslie is fantastic. But the thing and the planting of the evidence yep. to progress oh, yeah. the, the mythos. Yeah. Just the step-by-step that he gives them. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's, yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I like so much about this, because it's it does what Scream tried to do, but it does it better. Yes. It's, it's the whole idea of we're going to call out the movie tropes, we're going to show you the movie tropes, they're still going to work in spite of being a trope, mm-hmm. but we have the behind-the-scenes aspect of it on top of that. To show right. why that works. Exactly. Like, when he's... Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, like, like his whole setup of the house. The house, yes. yes. Everything that he does. Mm-hmm. It's so damn good. And it's it's truly is a shame that this did not get the love it deserves, because I feel like this is one of those films that, because of being direct-to-DVD at the time, because that was still when direct-to-VOD and DVD was really looked down upon. Yeah. That continued right up until, like, 2015. Because I remember arguing with people about Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky mm-hmm. being good. And they were like, eh, it's direct-to-DVD. It's like, you don't understand. There's so much good horror that's right. direct-to-DVD. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was very looked down upon at the time. Um, and it really sucks because this ties into the Hatchet universe. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Like, we could have had a Victor Crowley and Leslie Vernon movie mm-hmm. if this had done better. But, yeah. I mean, Kane Hodder was already on board. <laughs> right. Well, because in, in Hatchet 2, when they're they're getting the posse together to go hunt down Victor, the one guy is like, so I, haven't, I don't know much about this uh, Victor Crowley guy. He goes, but back in my hometown of Glen Echo, we got a guy named Leslie Vernon. And it's like, ah! Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's one of those things where it could have been a shared universe. Yeah. But... I absolutely adore this movie. So if if you haven't if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, pause the the episode and go watch it. It's just too fucking good. It is worth the three ninety nine to rent it. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. It is. definitely absolutely. is. And you get forty eight hours with it. Yeah, exactly. Watch it a few times. I could go home and <laughs> yeah. Shane watch it with me. But then come back and listen to the podcast. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> See, I actually own the DVD and I bought it digitally because there was one time that I really wanted to watch it and I couldn't find my copy of the DVD because it was in storage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck uh, it, I'm just buying it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, actually, we had, for some I think it's because I run so many movies on Amazon, it was mm-hmm. actually $1.99 because I, I get credits. those. Yeah. yeah, I get those all the time too. In fact, um, I'm trying to think what, what a, I don't remember what it was that I last rented. But yeah, it was it was like ninety nine cents because yeah. of the discount. Around Christmas, I mm-hmm. rented a lot of movies for like ninety nine, like a lot of Christmas horror movies. Yeah, yeah, for ninety nine cents and a dollar ninety nine. Which speaking of, did you see? There's a new David Harbor Santa Claus yes. movie coming. I need to see this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he should yep. have been in Santa's sleigh yeah. instead of. Oh come that on! Would have been a Goldberg much, was awesome. That would have been a much better movie. <laughs> oh man! But getting so, into the cast. Get, yeah, getting into the cast. <laughs> Um, Leslie Vernon is played by Nathan Basel. I am probably saying that wrong. Basel. Basel. Actually, I don't know. Uh, he was an in Invasion, CSI, and CSI Miami, and he's a really awesome person to talk to on Twitter. He has uh, posted some of my artwork. He has posted some of Pickman's vinyl stuff. Uh, Josh actually sent him our Leslie Vernon piece, 
and he posted about it when he got it. Really cool guy. Oh, nice. Um, then we have Taylor Gentry, played by Angela... I'm, I know I'm going to say this wrong. Go Fowls, I think. She was in Home Alone. She was the, the little bratty girl in Home Alone. Which one? The one who, who tells Kevin that he he's such a turd or whatever. <laughs> like she gets up oh, in his face. Really? Yeah. Well, his I mean, cousin? The, yeah, one, yeah. the blonde, the little blonde one who's like, oh, Kevin, you suck, or whatever she says to him. Like, okay. gets right in his face. And the funny thing is, her, Linny. her gloves that she's wearing are Kevin McAllister's gloves from Home Alone. Mm. So, little little reference. She was also in uh, Jerry Maguire, Porn and Chicken, Six Feet Under, and Boston Legal. And we have Doc Halloran, played by Robert England. I really don't need to go through his credits. We what, all know. what was he in? <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Stranger Things for all you young people. You know what? Just just because I'm a call out his weird shit. He was in Never Too Young to Die. He was in Chud to Bud the Chud. He was in V. <laughs> so, what was... Uh, no, never mind. He wasn't in that movie. As a one that we covered that he was in was an urban legend. Yes. Uh, Eugene, played by Scott Wilson, who's in The Twilight Zone, Young Guns oh. 2, The Exorcist 3, which I would love to get on here because it's a highly underrated movie, um, The he's, X-Files, he's, Monster, and The Walking Dead. I know. I l- At least he had oh. both his legs in this movie. That's true. <laughs> but his his role as Herschel was fantastic. It was funny because, yes. like, this is the first thing I remember seeing him in. So when I saw mm-hmm. him as Herschel, I was like, hey, it's the guy from Behind the Mask. <laughs> Um, then we have Mrs. Collinwood, played by Zelda Rubenstein. Uh, Poltergeist, obviously, we all know her from that. She was in 16 Candles, Teen Witch, and Tales from the Crypt, The New Arrival, which is a fantastic episode about a zombie child. Then we have uh, Jamie, played by Bridget Newton. She was in Dawson's Creek, Boston Legal, House, and Man of Steel. Kelly, played by Kate Miner. Malcolm in the Middle, Ugly Betty, ER and Shameless. Doug, played by Ben Pace. He was in Craig and the Werewolf, Bumps in the Night, and Ask Grimm. Then Todd, uh, Britain Spellings. He was in ER, The Office, Crossing Jordan, and Monk. Shane, played by Hart Turner. He was in 90210, CSI, Murder on the 13th Floor, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Lauren, played by Chrissy Carlson. She was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Unhappily Ever After, Ellen, and Sunset Beach. Also, as mentioned earlier, we have a cameo from Kane Hodder, which is pretty fucking awesome. What did he play? Uh, I think he was um, he was a slasher in some little movie. Oh, I forget. Hatchet. Yeah, yeah, he was in Hatchet. Um... Something else though, I can't remember. Oh, something some guy takes over Manhattan. Yeah, it was like it was like a goalie or something like that. Yeah. He it was, was a, a hockey off, movie. Oh. Yeah, he was a pissed off goalie. Yeah. <laughs> the movie about Terry Sawchuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it that Stone Guy and slightly more Stone Guy. They don't even have names. <laughs> yeah. Not even in death do they the, get names. They, oh. they don't deserve names. No. There's a couple of <laughs> They're Robert and Paulson. They're literally fodder one and fodder two. The well, I kind of think that, with the exception of, like, Kelly... I mean, they're all They're fodder. all fodder. They are. Yeah. 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 But at least they have speaking roles and... and Not just grunts. I don't want to say character arcs, but we see them go from, like... Drunk teens to like horny teens to terrified teens to dead, whereas stoners are just perpetually stoned and then right. dead. That's true. But for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, the basic plot is the next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. So it's it's a it's such a good mockumentary. This, this is something, Corey, I'm glad you brought this up mm-hmm. earlier with uh, mockumentaries being such a fun film. Like, horror needs to do this more. Yes. You know, it works really well in this realm. Um, I know a lot of people, 
love Paranormal Activity, even though I hate it. But it's Grave Encounters. I liked better. I was gonna say I love Grave Encounters. I watched it only because you told me you knew that I would like it. It's so and I good. Did. And I mean, like, I even like Diary of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a yeah. lot of people shit all over that movie, but I think it's really well done. And it's similar to this in the sense that they try not to do shaky cam very often. Yeah, right. Um, and it does kind of oscillate between mockumentary and, like, horror movie. Yeah. So I really like that. But I, I feel like it's an easy vehicle to tell a horror story in. Yeah. You know, um, another one that's on next month's list that is not getting any love at all, except for, for me, is Frankenstein's Army. I absolutely love that movie. <laughs> I, think, I think there's just too many good movies on there for that. Though. Oh, yeah. I kind of figured Rocky Horror I, and Frank and Weenie were going to take the cut. but I bought that movie at Horror Hound because mm-hmm. I was so fucking excited to watch it. And I got home and I was pretty damn disappointed. You didn't like Frankenstein's Army? Not oh, really. I love that movie. You know what? If I can find my DVD copy, I will give it to you. I actually have it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I was just complaining. In fact, I think I posted when I had COVID on Facebook about this, that Resident Evil 8 just flat out lifts the plot line of Frankenstein's army for like the final chapter of the game. I was like, oh, so this is Frankenstein's army. There's even a propeller head guy that runs around after you. I'm like, yeah, it's the guy from the movie. Yeah. (laughs) But we open with a POV shot of Leslie watching a young girl who works at the Glen Echo Diner as she's taken out the trash. We cut to Taylor Gentry talking, uh, talking to the camera for a documentary on slashers. She mentions how Glen Echo is the ideal community, but there is evil lurking underneath the surface. I just want to interrupt for one moment. Do you know what I really like about this opening scene? What's that? Kelly's working at like a Greasy Spoon Diner, Mm -hmm. and she looks like she works at a Greasy Spoon Diner. Like her hair (laughs) is greasy and she is sweaty. Yep. Probably smells like French fries and Mm -hmm. fish oil. And sadness. And sadness. But not virginity. No, now we find that out later. I, I really like that aspect of it because most movies, like, the girl at the diner is still like, oh, look at me, I'm so pretty. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, it it does, it, it is a really cool opening. Like, I kind of glossed over it, but to back it up for a second, we see her taking out the trash as the credits are rolling. We see, like, a close-up on a brick holding a door open. She goes, she puts the trash out. We see someone watching her from the bushes. Then suddenly the brick moves out of the way of the door, the door slams shut, she turns, she sees Leslie in the bushes, and then screams and runs. And then we get the title card. Um, Then, like I said, we cut to Taylor talking about the ideal community. And we get this great little montage where she's talking about uh, slashers that we all know and love. She's talking about Jason Voorhees shattering the community around Crystal Lake. um, And how Elm Street, uh, has their, their killer has left them so psychologically scarred that they say just dreaming about him can get you killed. I love how they do, like, quick shots of each of yeah. the places. Yeah, too. and they show Elm Street, they show the house, and mm-hmm. Kane Hodder lives in the house. And she's like, excuse me, sir, and he just, like, flips her off. Yeah. And runs inside. It's like he's taken, a, like, groceries in or something. <laughs> he's like, fuck you. And then, uh, and then they talk about Haddonfield and Michael, how Michael Myers has returned at least four times to kill on or near Halloween. And I had to count it out. I was like, wait a second. They're not counting Resurrection. No. They, they purposely left Resurrection out. I can't blame them, but... Is that the one with that's, LL Cool... Busta. No, Busta. Okay. That's trick-or-treat, motherfucker! He roundhouse kicks him out the window. Yes. The Survivor episode of Halloween. I will still argue that if it wasn't Halloween, that would have been a fun horror movie. But I agree. When you stick Michael Myers in it, it just went to shit quick. I did like Buster Rhymes' roundhouse kicking Michael Myers out a window, though. That had me 
like crying. I was laughing so hard. I wish he would have t- spoke faster, like when he raps. <laughs> Give us <him> all. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Give me some more. <laughs> but did you guys notice the Red Rabbit Lounge in the background? Yes, she was, yeah, yeah. Yes. I thought Which that was really cool. Which is the matchbook cool. that Dr. Loomis. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Um, but she continues and connects the dots to Glen Echo, saying that their, their contact claims the next big slasher will emerge there. We then get the backstory of Leslie Vernon. Uh, 20 years prior, a young boy supposedly possessed by the devil was taken from his home by a frenzied mob and thrown over the waterfall where he died. Uh, Only now he's back to claim his revenge. And like, I love how this is, this is partially fill up cat interruption. Back to claim her revenge. (laughs) Exactly. Revenge of the kitty. She's like, I'm just going to lay right here in the middle. Cat raiser Bella's revenge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Quick off. Like, quick note, you've watched the trailer for Hellraiser, right? Oh my god, I can't wait for it. I am extremely excited for it, but the one thing that had me pissing myself is when it, like, it crescendos with the title. Like, there's all this, like, horror and blood and creepy, and then it's just like, it doesn't say Hellraiser. It says Hulu Hellraiser. Yes. And it seems like one word, and I can't stop laughing at it. Yeah. Because all I, I was telling Josh and Mike, all I could picture was sad pinhead with a hula hoop. Just quietly, oh. like, poop, 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 and then it falls, and then he just uh, picks it back up and poop, poop, poop. <laughs> My suffering is legendary. <laughs> he just keeps hooping. And you I just, need to draw that. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> so, who the Hellraiser? But, uh. Oh, my goodness. I still can't wait to watch the movie, though. Me either. <laughs> but, anywho, we find out about, you know, Leslie coming back to claim his revenge. And I love this how it goes from, like, She's filming the documentary to then suddenly we're now behind the scenes of the documentary. Like, mm-hmm. we're seeing all the stuff that would be edited out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we now, uh, we now meet Leslie as Taylor, Doug, and Todd go to his house to speak to him. We get this great little scene of slasher tropes where she sees something moving in the bushes by the, by the shed and runs oh, over. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Vernon! completely fucking with them. Mr. Vernon! Did you, did, you, did you guys see that? What? What? I didn't see anything! Oh, look at that second floor window! He's... Pointing the fucking camera at the window. Yep. While the curtain, the window's open, no fucking screens. Of course. We all know how I feel about that. It it is a slasher (laughs) movie, to be fair. It is. It is. And then all of a sudden you see the curtain go boop. Yep. And it's like, so he went from behind the shed to the second floor, and then he pops up behind him and scares him. He does a lot of cardio, so. Oh, I love that sequence. Yes. (laughs) So, Leslie is ridiculously charismatic and fun. He He's, really is. I, I love his character. I, love I would like him. him to come to Denny's with us 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Smoke clove cigarettes. Hey, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can still smell those things. But, so it's like, he's just, he's freaking ridiculously charismatic. He shows him around his house and introduces them to his pet turtles, Church and Zoe, which but pet cemetery references. Mm-hmm, but don't put your finger anywhere near them. <laughs> Not Church, at least. He's like, Zoe, you can pet. But now, see, because at first I obviously recognized Church. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everyone mm-hmm. would recognize that. I mm. forgot that the dog in part two was named Zoe. Yeah. I totally forgot that until I was reading the trivia. I was like, holy crap, I forgot about that. Which Pet Cemetery 2 is an underrated movie. Oh, it absolutely it is. is. I love that movie. A lot of it has, has to do with frickin', um, oh my god, Mr. Krabs, what's his name? <laughs> the, the main bad guy. Uh, uh. Oh, he's, in, <laughs> he's in Shawshank, he's in Highlander. Um, Clancy Brown. 
Took yes. me a second. It, 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 I was going to say, continue. I'll consult the bones. <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with Eddie Furlong. No. <laughs> He's just like, eh, my dog's back from the dead. <laughs> you mean Jonathan from Stranger Things? Because <laughs> the does. minute I saw Jonathan, I went, is that Eddie Furlong's kid? I mean, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. <laughs> He's not, guys. Jonathan's British. <laughs> But before they, they continue the interview, um, they kind of look at all of his books, and he shows them that he has a lot of anatomy books. You don't read Grey's Anatomy just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they're work-related. And a lot of, like, sleight-of-hand stuff, and he does a little magic trick where... Uh, oh, the, do you have a deck of cards? Why, um, why would I have a deck of why cards? Why would I have a deck of cards? Was it Doug? I yeah. feel like it's... Yes. Doug. Doug, what's in, what's in your pocket, Doug? Yeah, then he's like, holy shit! <laughs> he pulls and, out a deck of cards. You know what? I went, what a clever little thing, because I'm incredibly weird, and close-up magic terrifies me. I love close-up magic. Oh, it terrifies me. <laughs> Brian and I went to Vegas for our honeymoon, and he goes, what would happen if a close-up magician just started, you know, oh, what's this? I'm like, I would probably punch him and run. <laughs> <laughs> so for this, you know, wannabe serial killer to, like, have perfected close-up magic, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Taylor clearly seems uh, more curious as to why he, why he and other slashers do what they do uh, rather than how they do it. And um, he tells her that it ha- like her understanding has to come from her own understanding of it, that he can't explain it on the first night he's ever met her. So he's here to show her how they do it. The, mm. what does he call it? The, the understanding the process. Yeah. So they head off to the house he grew up in where the legend was born. He tells them how on the anniversary of his death, the local kids dare each other to stay in the old farmhouse for the night. This year, he'll reappear. It explains how uh, how the property is in a trust and maintained by a local cop. Obviously, he can't come and claim it mm-hmm. because he's like, I can't be shopping at the local uh, supermarket if I'm going to be killing people. <laughs> like, they all think I'm dead. <laughs> but I, I do like the mowing the lawn joke, too, because that's it reminded me of my Wednesday the 13th drawing where I just have Jason sadly mowing the lawn in front of the cabins. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> but now we get a montage of Leslie training and showing them his prep work. <laughs> He's doing all this cardio. You have no idea how much cardio I have to do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and he's like, they're like, well, why so much? He's like, well, you know, you gotta run like a freaking gazelle. He goes, and then they're running, and you gotta make it look like you're walking. He goes, it's hard, man. That's hard. I love that whole sequence. But and he's all sweaty. Yeah. He kind of in that sequence, he reminds me of Adam Devine in Workaholics. My God, he does. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so then he takes him to a local high school and explains the target group, his his victims, explaining the hows and why of the targets. So basically, the final girl is the key, or the survivor girl, as they call her in this movie, uh, is the key. But she needs a supporting ga- cast: the good-looking, athletic kids with healthy libidos, but then the stoners and the nerds who pad the numbers late in the game, since they're slow and easy to pick off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he has this moment where he's he's particularly looking at this one girl. The and virgin. It, yeah, and he goes, yeah. he points out, he's like, he goes, a survivor girl like her. And she goes, well, what sets her apart? And he goes, well, she's a virgin. And, and he, she kind of stops. She kind of looks like Brittany Murphy in yes. Clueless. <laughs> yeah. She goes, how do, you, how do you know? He goes, you're not getting that? The star song rolling with the phone. <laughs> 
<laughs> she like stops and looks at them like, what the what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, you're not you're not getting that from her. And it's like she goes, well, how do you know? He's like, how do what do you say? How do the doves know we're Capistrano? He's like, you just know. And then she stopped. The virgin stops and looks at him, and he's like, oh, did you get that? Did you get? That? We had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> She sensed me. Yeah. And then he's like, she goes, so this is the girl you've been watching. He goes, oh, no, no, I got a girl picked out in Glen Echo. He goes, if I didn't have that, if I didn't have my survivor girl already, we'd be way behind. <laughs> like he has a to-do list every day. Yeah. Like broken down by the hour. I love it. <laughs> but finally, we, we cut to the group outside the, dar- the diner where the movie began. We see the girl taking out the trash. We find out this is Kelly Curtis. And we see exactly how Leslie did what he does at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. So we find out that the brick that she puts out to hold the door open, he had rigged with fishing line. So he has um, Taylor pull the brick while he's standing in the bushes to scare Kelly. I love how at one point he just, he doesn't call her Taylor. He's like, all right, Tay, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tay, Tay. Tay, Tay. <laughs> Tay in the lean. <laughs> So we have the the whole like kind of repeat like in in chop scenes from the first, from the opening of the movie. I really like that aspect of this. Yeah, it's honestly genius. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah, it really is good. So there's a moment where Taylor asks if they can talk to Kelly, and Leslie makes it very clear that this is not allowed. And I'm like, gee, I wonder if this will come back. <laughs> Don't speak. <laughs> no. <laughs> So we cut to the next day where they go to visit Leslie's two best friends, Eugene and his wife, Jamie. We find out that uh, Eugene is a retired slasher who taught Leslie everything he knows about the trade. We find out that he's buried in a sensory deprivation tank out back. I don't know why I love the line, Eugene is in a tank. Yeah. So much. <laughs> I forgot to check on him. Because yeah, Jamie's like, oh, he's, he's been back there a little while. I yeah. keep forgetting, you know, life gets in the way. <laughs> and I love when Eugene pops up and he's like, is it, t- is it Tuesday? <laughs> no, Tuesday, no. Like, no, it's Thursday. You've been in there for two days? days? <laughs> I love how he just looks like a corpse, too. He's in a suit, yeah. like, with his arms crossed. Yeah, yeah. But they, uh, Taylor asks yeah. him why the sensory deprivation tank, and he explains, you know, it helps you to control your breathing, your bodily functions, your heart rate. He goes, you know, it's, it's all useful information if you have to, you know, look dead. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, again, I wonder if that will come back. Well, we're not at it yet. But there's one thing he says a little further along that... Mm-hmm. In the scene, or no, 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 for oh, okay. long in the movie. All right, but uh, so we cut back to the house. You know, Jamie and Eugene are making dinner. Eugene tells Taylor all about the old days, how they used to hit up a town and move on. Back in his day, it was all about quantity of work, not you know coming back to the same place over and over again. And he keeps talking about Jason, Fred, and Mike. Yeah. <laughs> J-, J Mike and Fred. J Mike and Fred. Yeah. Yes, he said they changed the game, returning to the same spot over and over again, turning themselves into legends. I really also like he's, how he talks about hacks hitting up sororities. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he goes, "Oh, there's always been hacks. These, these one-offs you know, hitting yeah. up sorority." Talk about Ted Bundy there. Yep. <laughs> I also like how this whole time he's chopping vegetables, and it's like like he's fucking ginsuing. So I watched it with the subtitles on on Amazon. And I think the subtitle said, he's like chopping, and then the subtitles in parentheses said something like, chopping ferociously. <laughs> yeah, he was. As, and it's like, it was like a carrot that had been turned into pulp. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was freaking awesome. So, he, uh, he also explains the philosophy behind the slasher to Taylor. 
he explains that they're they're in the business of fear. That every culture since the dawn of civilization has had its monsters. For good to be pitted against evil, you have to have evil. So basically, they're providing a service to the best part of so the best part of mankind can can exist and flourish. Which, I love that philosophy. I know, right? I was like, that's a really cool concept of why these people would be doing mm-hmm. this. You know, I was like, ah, that's so interesting. But after the dinner, uh, they're discussing Leslie's project of stalking Kelly. And Eugene asks if he has his red herring worked out. And Tay-Tay's like, what? Red red herring? What, what, <laughs> yeah. What's a red herring? Well, he go, Leslie goes, oh, I'm, I'm going to get her, or I'm going to strike at the library she goes to. He mentions how she goes there late, you know, all the time, and he plans to kill one of her friends. Eugene advises against that, claiming it turns the heat up too quickly. And then he goes... Is there anyone she talks to along the way? Maybe a homeless man? I'm like, oh, yeah. don't kill the hobo. <laughs> like, he's just going to pull an American psycho on this. <laughs> but Ralph pops out, y'all do. <laughs> Asthmatic Ma- voyeur. I was going to say, Maurice is in the corner breathing heavy. That's right. <laughs> oh, which, I'm sorry, i got to pause the episode for a second to, to bring this up. A, a couple of people had asked me where the Chinese food references were coming from in Slaughter High. So sometimes, even before we turn this on for the Patreon, we kind of just chat as friends do, and we were talking about food poisoning. Which I had <laughs> from eating bad Chinese the night before. So every time we referenced the tummy aches and slaughter high and we talked about bad Chinese food, that's where that was coming from. Yes. So just little little housekeeping there. But uh, So then Jamie suggests, oh, maybe a librarian... And Leslie excitedly realizes there's an old librarian who happens to be Zelda Rubenstein. Yep. <laughs> and is two feet tall. <laughs> right. Notice how I went, I yep. <laughs> lowered my hand. One day we'll have video. But, uh, yeah, he says she lets him lets her stay late some nights. So he shifts his plans to kill her instead. And I love how they're just nonchalantly talking about murdering someone. They're like, oh, you got While it. While they're drinking coffee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, first they were drinking a beer. Mm-hmm. Now they're having after-dinner coffee. I mean, to be fair, that's exactly what I did. I had that a beer with true. dinner and now I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> that is true. And we are talking, sitting around a table talking about killing people. This is true. So, <laughs> wow. It's just like real life. <laughs> yeah. It's a life mimics art. But, uh... So yeah, so they, they make you know make their whole plan. As they're leaving, Taylor asks Leslie what they mean by the red herring. And he explains it's a prelimi- uh, preliminary strike indirectly involving Kelly. She goes, you mean the first person you're going to kill? And he just goes, uh-huh. <laughs> and she looks so uncomfortable at the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we cut to the library. Leslie shows, uh, shows the group an article that is supposed... Supp- uh, sorry. Shows the group an article... That is about the supposed rape of his mother by a, a man named Mark Daniel Curtis. This is supposedly Kelly's great uncle. They look at the article, look at the picture, and they're like, oh my god, it looks just like her. And he goes, well, it is her. He goes, it's a computer-generated image. We use a lot of CGI. <laughs> I love that! He goes, a lot of what we do is CGI, Taylor. <laughs> but So basically, he made up a fake article that he's going to try to get into Kelly's hands to make her question what happened in the past and who this Leslie Vernon person is. Mm-hmm. It's her brother. Exactly. So the, he tells the group this is the point of no return. You can leave now with a clear conscience or stay and see how it plays out. Taylor pauses only for a moment before deciding to go forward. So he leads them into the library, they break in, and then he explains that the article uh, may not even work, that it's another test to see if Kelly and him are on the same page, to, you know, to see if she's the one. So he quickly gets the article by Kelly... 
you know, and then comes back with a roll of microfiche. That yeah. He's good. And how does nobody hear them whispering? <laughs> <laughs> Why well, he, he, Leslie even calls him out. He's like, hey, town crier over here. Well, and the thing is, what Leslie's saying to Taylor, knowing what the twist is, mm-hmm. makes it that much creepier, him saying, well, I have to find out if she's, you know, the right one, and if we're on the same, and I'm like, yep, wow. Because think know? about it, yeah. he gave her the opportunity to, to leave, back out. Mm-hmm. and she didn't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, he yeah. just he, he's testing her throughout the entire movie. Yeah. But, oh, it's so fucking good. So he, I <laughs> love it, he's like, Runs around in the library, puts the article <coughs> near Kelly, and then hops over a table and runs away. You hear Todd go, he's like a little monkey. <laughs> yeah. cracked me up. My favorite part that had me laughing too hard was when he goes, Paradise Lost, found, found it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he comes, he explains the microfiche thing, and he's like, you know, if she finds the article, then she'll want to go and read the entire, or finds the clipping, she'll want to go read the entire article. And he goes, so I've replaced that with the fake one. Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting there as he's explaining that he does that. He like yeah. looks behind him and goes, Paradise Lost, and grabs the book. Found it. <laughs> I loved that so much. He's, again, it's his charm. Yeah. Yes. He's so fucking charming. But. Uh, he could have been the next Ted Bundy. Yeah. I really wish he was the next, like, Hollywood slasher character. Because yeah. yeah. I think he's so good. But he tells him if everything goes according to plan, and it rarely does. You know, she'll find it, she'll freak out, she'll want to read the article, the librarian will show her the old microfiche story, you know, she'll realize the connection and, and you know, start spazzing, and then the, the librarian will tell her something like, oh, it's okay, dear, it's just an old story. He goes, then I'll make my appearance. <laughs> so, now, a few things happen next. Dog, uh, dog, yeah, Doug calls in on a walkie telling him they've got company and we see someone pulling up in front of the library. Um, Kelly finds the article and then it plays out exactly as Leslie predicted. She looks up the article on microfiche with the help of the old librarian. She freaks out. Librarian tries to calm her down. Leslie shows up and kills the librarian. What Leslie didn't count on is Doc Holleran showing up. So we get our Dr. Loomis character. In a black trench coat with gloves. And the exact same beard yes, as yes. Donald <laughs> Pleasant's. And if had there been a sequel, mm-hmm. he would have probably had the limp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have been like, he had the blackest eyes. Mm-hmm. He's evil. He's land jaws. It's the preparation H formula <laughs> on his face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Doc Holleran starts shooting at Leslie. Leslie, you know, dodges out of the way. He does get hit once, but he was wearing a vest, so he's oh fine. <laughs> and uh, outside, Leslie and the group, you know, escape to the van. He's excited as hell and proclaims that they have an Ahab. And Taylor, we got an Ahab! What's What's an Ahab? (laughs) I love it. So now we cut to the entire group with Eugene uh, uh, Eugene and Jamie at their place watching the tape. And they're just as excited as Leslie is about the Ahab. So Taylor's still confused. She's like, what what is is an Ahab? (laughs) So they explain that Doc Holleran is a psychiatrist that Leslie saw when he was little... And Doc always predicted that he would return one day. So exactly like Dr. Yeah. Lomas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or as Leslie explained it, it's a guy. Like that guy back there. <laughs> I love that. His, again, oh, his mannerisms are so good. But he, he goes on to finally explain. He goes, an Ahab is a reflection of everything good in society. Someone who is the opposite of a slasher, basically. Uh, one who is willing to risk life and limb to protect all others from evil. 
So we cut to the next day where Taylor, Doug, and Todd go to the diner to talk to Kelly. Big mistake. <laughs> Weren't they not supposed to do that? Yeah. And I love this because uh, Todd, even he, he like warns Taylor out. So he's like, um, this is a really bad idea. She's like, I just gotta know. So as predicted, it doesn't go well. Doc Holleran is there and confronts them, wanting to know who they are and why they're following Kelly. They play dumb and he calls them out for working with Leslie. He explains that he's not who he says is, he's not who he says he is. His real name is Leslie Mancuso, and he's from Reno, Nevada. Taylor panics and tries to leave. Doc Holleran tells them to expect to see more of me. Outside, Leslie is waiting for them, and he's pissed. He goes off about how he told him not to talk to Kelly, that he's shown them everything, stuff that no one has ever seen before, and how can he trust him now? Taylor calls him out, asking who Doc Holleran is, and if he's ever been to Reno. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking snaps. Mm. We get the tiniest flash of the killer he actually is when he grabs her by the throat and, and tells pushes her, that's her up yeah. against the van, yeah. So he calms himself down and tells her that he'll tell her everything she needs to know. So we cut to the group back at Leslie's place and he admits that he's not actually Leslie Vernon, that his name really is Leslie Mancuso. The Doc Holleran treated him when he was in Reno and that he, uh, I'm sorry, treated him when he was in Reno. And he, you know, he came here to turn the Leslie Vernon truth and or Leslie Vernon legend into truth. Um, <laughs> I love it because he goes, "Well, why doesn't Doc just turn you in if he knows the truth about you?" And he goes, "Because he can't." I, I, got, I got a restraining <laughs> order against him. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. So he goes, "So what if the backstories are fake? This is my life. This is my life's work." And he tells her he'll, he'll understand if she wants to go. So again, he's still testing her. Mm-hmm. Should I stay or should I go now? <laughs> exactly. And I didn't think I'd have any singing in this episode. <laughs> well, we cut to the group leaving Leslie's place, and Taylor st- still seems unsure whether or not she wants to continue with this story. The next day, they drive back to Leslie's ho- uh, his backstory house, and uh, they meet him up and tell him that they're going to stick it out. So this is where Act One ends. What do you guys think of this so far? I love it. It's amazing. It's good. <laughs> I I am fucking obsessed with this movie at this point. It, it's it's such a great concept for a slasher movie. I love all the attention to detail, like all the the little things, like telling us every little detail of how a slasher does what he does. Mm-hmm. It's like the writer of this movie has killed someone before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, say Scott Glosserman, he he really put these practices into play. Yeah, and I'm he's, sorry, but he seems to know a lot. Robert Englund is Doctor Loomis. Like, fuck, if we ever do another uh, Halloween remake at any point, right? Mm-hmm. Get him to play Doctor Loomis. That's so damn good. So Act Two starts up with uh, Leslie telling them, "Welcome to my alleged ancestral home." We get this fantastic montage. Where he takes him around the house, like, explaining the importance of limiting your time in the house, how it, it basically limits your mobility. So he, he, can't, he can't stay too much in there. He wants to get everybody outside as quick as possible. <clears throat> he tells them that you don't want to get caught in a game of hide-and-seek. Now, he mentions the closet trope, saying that if they hide in the closet, it's hands-off. The closet is a sacred place, symbolizing the womb. And he goes, in the womb, we're all innocent. And I love this, because Taylor goes... So does that mean you're pro-life, Leslie? And he just smirks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, I take a bit of umbrage with this whole code of ethics closet nonsense. Because, uh, let, let, let's be honest here. Michael Myers, in the first Halloween, went after Jamie in the closet. Right. Freddy Krueger in the remake pops up in the closet and attacks Nancy. Yep. 
You got freaking um, Billy from uh, uh, Black Christmas killing in the closet. Mm-hmm. Like, this happens again and again in slasher movies. I'm like, mm, okay, that's one thing you guys got wrong. <laughs> That and the third half thunderstorm. Yes. <laughs> That's true. So two slasher tropes they got wrong. Well, if they didn't get it wrong, she wouldn't be able to empower herself with cock later. This is true. <laughs> I think she can always empower herself with cock. And a hush fills the room. Because <laughs> we don't want to give away the twist. <laughs> so he goes on to tell her that you spend too much time on any one person and that gives, you, uh, gives the others time to get away. And rule number one is no one gets away. Dun, dun, dun! That'll come back to bite you. Mm -hmm. He continues explaining his plan and how everyone will die. Now, I I like this because he kind of goes through... I'm not going to go through it all now, but he goes through each scene of, like, how each person is going to get it with, like, one's going to get it with a post hole digger. Like, and again, we see this all play out later. We get them titties. We do. Yes. Because they go in the basement... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, because he says how he's rigged the main fuse. Yep. And he has, like, a little remote to, to cut the power. Um, he's also sabotaged just about everything the kids can use to their advantage. Mm-hmm. The windows on the first floor are nailed shut. The flashlights in the kitchen have dead batteries. The tree branches closest to the second floor windows have been sawn just enough so anyone climbing on them will send them crashing to the ground below. Uh, in the tool shed, all of the weapons have been sabotaged as well, making them only good for one swing. I was like... I wonder if that's going to play out later. And then we get, like you said, the basement where he goes, goes going to cut the power and some horny jock is going to take his girlfriend down to the basement. So they can get a look. <laughs> and then we get like the slow, like up close titty shot. And it was cold down yes. there. <laughs> it was very cold down and there. And Taylor was like, Leslie, that's really unnecessary. He's like, it's my now, story. Yeah, now Taylor, who's telling the story? Yes. <laughs> But he explains he's going to kill the guy and scare the girl. And he goes, why let her, Taylor goes, why let her go? And he goes, she's the starting gun. So she'll get the ball rolling. Which, again, is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. So he goes on to explain how the, the tool shed, much like the closet, is another sacred place. He can't let anyone in there other than Kelly. He goes on to tell him how Kelly will empower herself by reaching for a long, hard weapon. <laughs> <laughs> empowering herself with cock and explains the symbolism that uh, she's taking his manhood and empowering herself with it. This is actually an argument I've seen used several times when people say that slasher films are nothing but misogynistic drivel. And it's like, there are a lot of things that are like pro woman in, mm-hmm. in slasher mm-hmm. movies, n- not least of which being the whole idea of the final girl that we don't have male final girls. Right, because like, then they'd be final guys. Well, we can have final <laughs> Yeah, it depends. I'm just being an asshole. I mean, look at Nightmare 2. Yes. <laughs> All right, I got something to say about the tool shed. Uh, what would you got? Hey, wait a minute. You two look kind of familiar. Ain't you them kids that have been parking off in my tool shed? <laughs> that was great. That was perfect. <laughs> Live on the show. <laughs> Whacking off in my tool shed. <laughs> Man, I haven't thought about that in forever. <laughs> but now Whacking it, off in Maurice's tool shed. That was 10 yeah. seconds there. Hopefully it doesn't get nipped. <laughs> I was say, that was, that was how my OnlyFans started. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, the boys have been whacking off in my tool shed. Oh, pro- proto Hank Hill. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Yes. But, oh, Bella joined Hello. 
And once again, we have a cat interruption. See, this is the fun part we miss when we don't get to do these live. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole thing about like with you know how is it is a final girl always, and she does you know take away the phallic weapon from the killer and then uses it to penetrate the male. So it's like it, it's it's like her strap on, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to think if it was in if it was in Men, Women, and Chainsaws. There, there's a book that's written all about this that that whole argument is brought up in, which I thought was really interesting. Because um, that that is something I've seen in horror groups a lot is how slasher movies are nothing but misogynistic drivel. And I, I'm sorry, I disagree. But um, <clears throat> Leslie continues to walk her through how he hopes that the night will play out, how the kids will get outside, make their way to the barn. Doc Holleran will eventually show up. And they'll uh, have their showdown, and eventually he'll get Kelly to enter the apple orchard. Which is the vaginal birth canal. Yep. It's mm-hmm. the opposite of phallic. It's a... Yannick. Yannick. <laughs> he goes... Parts. He was talking about the Yannick imagery, and she goes, Yannick? He's like, yeah, um, uh, opposite of phallic, you know, it, it's girl parts. Happy Yannick. <laughs> so put on your Yannick. <laughs> it's time for Yannick. <laughs> But he explains how, yeah, it's it you know it is symbolic of the birth canal because if Kelly makes it out on the other side, drink a jizz and tonica. <laughs> oh no! Oh, <laughs> jizz and tonica. This just turned <laughs> vile for his holiday episode on OnlyFans. Thanks. Oh, I ain't drinking that. <laughs> oh, oh my god! But he, he tells her how uh, you know if she makes it out the other side, she'll be reborn anew. And Leslie will be the happiest man alive. We end the segment with Leslie showing her Chekhov cider press and telling her how tonight it's going to really hurt somebody. Mm-hmm, sure is. So, cut to later that night, Eugene and Jamie are wishing Leslie good luck. Taylor asks them uh, some for some final thoughts on how one survives in, an encounter with someone like Eugene or Leslie. Now, I have a question. I... Is Leslie into Taylor? See, I they think have he a is in love with her. Very weird. Will there won't they vibe? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is about the point of the movie where I'm like, I think he's got the hots for. Her. I think it goes along with the the obsessed slasher with the final mm-hmm. girl thing. Like it's yeah. it is almost like they're obsessed and love that girl, but well, they're trying to kill her. I think she's <laughs> into him too, though. Yeah, I think she is too. Yeah, so until she realizes. Until, right. <laughs> oh, wait, apple orchard. The Forbidden Fruit. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to oh. pause for one sec. Oh, we're going to take we're a commercial break. One minute. All right, we're back from our little hiatus. Um, Where were we? Check off Cider Press later than... Yeah, okay. Hate anus. What? We're back from a hate anus? What? For our, for our hating <laughs> anus. Yes. Um, so we cut to later that night. Eugene and Jamie are wishing Leslie good luck. Uh, Taylor asked them some final thoughts and on how <laughs> one survives an encounter with someone like Eugene or Leslie. My favorite was, you got a virgin in your crew, either get someone in her pants or get away from her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene's like, now that's, that's good advice. He goes, but the other one's just run like hell. <laughs> he goes, just keep running, don't stop. And that's when the realization comes that Jamie was probably... The final girl. The final girl, yeah. Which also plays into the whole thing Maurice said, where he thinks that Leslie has a thing for Taylor. Mm -hmm. And also would explain why uh, Jamie is so happy for for Leslie, because he's found his girl. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's creepy. Mm. But, um, yeah, I love this, because he goes, 
He's like, uh, yeah, basically he goes, uh, don't try to hide, we'll find you. Don't try to be a hero and fight us, you'll lose. Just run and don't ever look back. And she goes, what about, you know, sticking together in a group? He goes, well, yeah, you could do that. Just make sure there's one slow motherfucker that the rest of you can all outrun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that'd be me. Oh, that'd I was be say, me. I was like, I, I have no cardio skills. <laughs> Surprisingly, I can run pretty... I would say Maurice would be the one that survived. He'd be asthmatic breathing and running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we'd all just be sitting there. You know what? Just come on. Let's get this just, over with, buddy. I had a good it, run. Make it quick. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing with the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> no, with your luck, you would get the eye trauma. I know, right? Because it freaks me out so bad. Ugh. <laughs> or they or they do the eye trauma to me or Corey and shoot you in the dick. Oh no. Oh. Spider dog dick. <laughs> Spider dog dick. Spider dog dick. <laughs> Just with the electric oh. vagina. Oh no. <laughs> Just explode out. Oh man. I saw a meme today. <laughs> Speaking of spider dog dick. <laughs> at the top of it said, My kid always asks why we can't have seafood at home. <laughs> and then the picture was it said at home, and it was macaroni and cheese with a hot dog that was cut to look like an octopus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it was funny dog dick. dog dick. Octopus dick. Octopus dick. For anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, listen to Slaughter High. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> So we cut to Leslie as he gets his makeup on, and he's explaining that he's putting on a mixture of Preparation H and, like, something else on his face, that it's uh, what boxers use. Yes, so yeah. that it stops the bleeding if you end up getting cut. Mm-hmm. And no, like your eyes won't swell if yeah. you get hit in the head. And then he said he's also putting on a uh, special mixture of fire retardant. So I was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen with that. Mm. And that's genius too. Mm-hmm. Just how he's explaining the makeup and everything like that. Yep. I love how at the end he's like, Plus, it makes you look pale, which is just cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's funny. But we now see Leslie uh, Leslie and Taylor sitting around in the quiet before the storm. But there is no third act storm. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie tells her that it's like Christmas. And he starts to cry tears of joy. I'm but, just so happy. <laughs> I love how awkwardly Taylor is trying to comfort yes. him. Like, she goes to put her arm around him. That's like on his shoulder. And then she just grips his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do one more walk around. She wants to grip something else. Well, Hey-o. she wants to empower herself. <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> but maybe he's a virgin, and he's just angry that all these kids are getting laid. Oh, he's definitely a virgin. Damn yeah. kids mm-hmm. getting laid. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> what lord? <laughs> When's gonna be my time? <laughs> oh man, so. We get to the group hiding in the upstairs bedroom closet, <laughs> and Leslie tells him that, uh, you know, he tells him the score. He goes, there's eight kids in the house getting drunk, except Kelly, which is good. She's not drinking. He then shows them spark plugs that he took out of the car. He's Listen, like, I don't feel like getting run over tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where Taylor begins to kind of look really worried. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh shit, this is actually happening. So the jock and the cheerleader make their way upstairs to get busy, just like Leslie said would happen. Mm-hmm. You know, he gives him a few moments to get going. And I love this because he's like, not a bad way to go out, right? And freaking Todd's like, yeah. Like, he's all excited. Like, dude, are you that simple? It's like, uh, boobies. They're going to die, but boobies. <laughs> that closet is pretty spacious. That's what I was yeah. thinking. I'm like, it's that. like a whole, I thought they were in a whole nother room at first. It's like a whole New York apartment. Yes. <laughs> but then you hear the moaning and he's like, all right. 
He's like loosening himself <laughs> up, like he's just, like he's gonna box. He grabs his scythe, and gets then... his mask on. Okay, so side note: I don't believe I haven't, I didn't tell anyone this. I went to the gym. I don't know last week sometime, mm-hmm. and I'm on the elliptical and how the gym's laid out the ellipticals look over the weight room so i see this bro oh no in the weight room (laughs) and he has like flesh colored crocs on which i'm like i don't think that's proper attire but okay Mm -hmm. in between his reps and i kid you not he is doing air karate (laughs) and i'm like Oh, I can't be seeing this correctly. I look over <laughs> at the lady next to me who is looking with this horrific look on her face. She slowly looks at me. I point to him and she nods <laughs> Just her nods. head. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh. <laughs> I, I love that he was doing air karate. Air karate. Oh my god. Like in between like he's just the whole map from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia just <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming he was also making the sound effects. Oh, he, 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 he was if he was doing that. <laughs> if you're going to go the, 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 to the length of doing air karate in public, you're definitely doing the sound effects. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. Like him bouncing up and down and like yep, shaking, shaking it out. out. I'm like, is he going to start doing air karate like that guy? <laughs> going to start fighting the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So he, he goes, he gets ready, goes out into the room. You hear the moaning kind of stop and go, <laughs> like, and a lot of wet squelching sounds. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back with blood all over him. He's like, all right, all right, we got this going. And Taylor looks terrified. Like, She's like, yeah. this is really happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she, he, cause uh, uh, Todd goes, should I be getting this Taylor? She's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. And then when Leslie comes in, he, he goes to put his hand on Taylor. She like pulls away and walks away from him. And he, he sees how she's reacting. He's like, okay, we're going. We got to go. Mm-hmm. And he walks him outside. And uh, she's, like, she's like, why are we doing this? Because like, you had a look. And he goes, she goes, what look? He goes, the we can't just stand here and let this happen look. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, I'm going to have to move the cat. Come on, Hi, Bella. Bella. <laughs> she's, she's determined to be on the show. Rufus has <laughs> got his OnlyFans going. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just flopped over. Oh. <laughs> He's like, look at this, ladies. He's like, paint me like one of your French girls. (laughs) (laughs) So he walks into the car, gives them the mic, and tells them that they they have to leave. He goes, tonight he'll either be, after tonight he'll either be in hiding, arrested, or dead anyway, so they may as well say their goodbyes now. And I love it how he, like, awkwardly tries to hug Doug and Todd, and they're just, like, filming it the whole time. (laughs) Taylor tries to convince him not to go through with it, saying that you've, you're trying to live up to a legend. This is not something you should do. And he tells her that he's made a choice. He made a life choice to be a counterbalance to all things good and pure. He goes, you chose journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Which cracks me up. But he's like, that's the path you've chosen. So he tells her goodbye and heads inside. So the quote that she says, you've elected to fulfill a destiny that you don't have to fulfill. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's really good. So he get, the, the group starts to get ready to, to leave. They're getting their stuff in the van. Then they see the power go out. Just like Leslie said would happen. Taylor tells them to stop filming and says, we can't just stand by and let this happen. And Doug goes, isn't that exactly what he said you were going to say? <laughs> and then the camera shuts off. So this is where Act 2 ends. At this point, what are you guys thinking? Still loving it. Yep. 
Loving yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I I love how the camera shuts off and then we here comes the switch. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I saw it, I went, what's going on? And then I was like, oh. Yep. <laughs> I think my favorite part about Act 2 is how lovable they make Leslie. Yeah. Because yes. it's like, we see that he's a fucking killer. We actually see he's a killer. But here's what I think is fun about this trope. They make him very lovable. What happens when a slasher goes franchise? The fans love the killer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. eventually we all love Jason. We all love yeah. Freddy. We all love Leatherface. So it's like, you're eventually going to love that slasher anyway. So they just went ahead and made this character very lovable while he's doing horrible things. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's that's, like, oh, it's so good. That's a brilliant part of this movie is you feel for all of the characters including the yeah. fucking murderer <laughs> and his his freaking mentor maybe oh, not I, the I, stupid kids i don't but... feel for the victims <laughs> well I especially said, not the stoners not the no stupid kids. even, the, even the, the main girl yeah <laughs> she's a real fucking bitch we're gonna say yes. that real quick yeah <laughs> maurice is just Sitting in the closet like Ralph going, fuck all y'all, y'all doomed. <laughs> I'm like, Vitalica, kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> so, Act 3 opens up where uh, Taylor says the documentary is done, and now he's done. And we switch to the full-on horror movie. She explains to Doug and Todd how they know Leslie's entire plan, his every move, and they can stop him. Todd and Doug are both unsure. Taylor tells them, you saw what he has set up in there. Do you really think that Kelly's going to be able to stop him? And Todd flounders for a moment going, well, well that would mean she isn't. And I love this because Taylor goes, what, a survivor girl? She's fucking 17, Todd. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then I, I love how, but I love how that breaks the fantasy of the movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like all mm. this time they're building this mythology about how this survivor girl is like destined to overcome. Mm. But it's like when she, with that simple line, it breaks the illusion of like, no, she's a 17-year-old kid, right. like, you know. Mm-hmm. But Doug and Todd don't want to interfere, worried that he'll come after them. She scoffs at them and tells them to stand there holding their balls. And Todd looks at Doug and goes, she had to make the fucking balls reference <laughs> and then they follow her inside. <laughs> so they make their way inside, ask the stoners where Kelly is, and she goes, or they go, uh, I think she went upstairs with that Shane dude. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my god. So they go upstairs. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Go and ahead. we find out Kelly's not a virgin because she's reverse cowgirl in him. Yeah. Like. With an underwear lasso. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I love it though when they open the. Because they go upstairs and Taylor goes, that door wasn't closed before. And they open it and we just see a, a close up of Taylor, Doug, and Todd looking shocked. And then we <laughs> see what they see. <laughs> And she's just, woohoo, like going to town. And then she sees him and she like pulls the blanket off over her tatas. And goes, get the fuck out. Well, now you're modest. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I love I love Todd's reaction because he's like, there's no virgin I've ever seen. <laughs> like he's so giddy about it. <laughs> so they all head downstairs and then the lights go out. The stoners tell them that uh, Lauren and Pete are downstairs. Taylor knows what this means, that Leslie's down there ready to strike. She tries to warn them what's happening, but it's too late. Lauren runs upstairs, telling them that a man in a mask just killed Pete. Taylor tries to explain what's happening and how Leslie is after Kelly. She doesn't want to believe it, but Taylor knows all about the diner and the library, so basically Kelly has no choice but to believe her that this is really happening. They then look out the window and see Leslie standing there watching. He's like, 
got his arms up like he's on a cross. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I thought more like a scarecrow. Yeah, but it's a farmhouse. But true. Yeah. But he was just standing there like in a tea pose. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just wanted him to wave to them. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, they think he is a scarecrow. <clears throat> yep. The star. Yeah. Which is like you can see how much exposed flesh in that costume, and yeah, that's a scarecrow. <laughs> I mean, when you're stoned all the time. <laughs> True. <laughs> so they, you know, they they kind of freak out. Kelly faints. <laughs> Taylor, Doug, and Todd realize the whole thing is playing out just like Leslie said it would, and they decide they have to change his plans. So they make the kids follow them upstairs to try to show them the bodies early and get the group scared outside hoping that this would make Leslie lose control of the situation. They get upstairs, and everything is cleaned up. Leslie has changed the plan. They realize that Leslie saw Taylor at the window and knows that they're now involved. Please tell me he didn't see you at the window. Todd's <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, fuck, fuck! Like, he just freaks out. Change of plan for <laughs> to account for the extra peoples. Mm-hmm. Or was it a change of plan? Did he know from the beginning that this yes. would all play out? He knew. Of course he did. But they think it's a change of plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, the two stoners head outside to check the tool <laughs> shed because they do what fodder does in a horror movie. <laughs> Taylor and the others realize they're in danger and head off, head off to try to save them. Come with us if you want to live! <laughs> I love this though. We cut to the stoners getting murdered by Leslie. First, one goes in. He's, he sees Leslie, as Maurice said, and he's like, dude, this fucking scarecrow. I want this in my room. <laughs> and then Leslie just kills him with the hand sight. Yes. He's like, fuck you. And then we see uh, Taylor, Doug, and um, Todd come running up as Leslie's killing the second one with the post hole digger. Which, Ugh. that's a painful looking death. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially because he took his heart out. And handed and it, to him. He's he's like, it to him. He's like, have a heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a heart. I, I, this is one of those dumbass tropes that I absolutely love in horror movies. When someone rips their, like, rips, the killer rips your heart out and then, like, shows it to you still beating before you die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's dumb as fuck, but I love it. So it's kind of the same thing, like, when you see someone get shot in the head and they're like, oh, and then they fall over. Yeah. I love that trope, too. And who is it that says, is it Todd, that says he's really good? In a really bad way, I mean. But he's really good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, they, yeah, we come back to everyone at the house. That's when Todd says that. They're trying to figure out what to do next. Shane mentions that all the cars have their tires slashed, and Taylor realizes that their van isn't sabotaged, so the group head out to try to get to the van. Or is it? Right. Because it's an old V-dub bus. Mm Mm-hmm. That probably has spark plugs. I also love how Leslie's just watching from the window. Yeah. As they go. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. One one line I I forgot to mention before this, because they were were talking about, um, like, basically breaking down the plan, like, how this isn't working. And the one guy goes, what kind of survivor girl faints at the first sight of danger? <laughs> and he goes, what kind of survivor girl jumps on the nerdy kid's jock like a pogo? <laughs> <laughs> Crack me up. But they uh, they open the doors of the van and the two dead kids from the bedroom <laughs> fall out and they freak out. Uh, Todd tries to start the van and of course it's not going to start. It's a slasher movie. And he mm-hmm. took the spark plugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was where the spark plugs came right. from because he slashed the other tires. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Um, but yeah, so they head back to the house realizing Leslie wanted to be in the house as little as possible. So this is hopefully a way to screw up his plan. 
Inside the upstairs bedroom, Taylor tries to explain to the group how Leslie has been studying them for months, how he thinks that Kelly is a survivor girl, and what exactly that means. Uh, she goes on how to mention, or she goes on to mention that if he realizes she's not a virgin, he'll kill them all and leave no witnesses. I love the other girl, Lauren, because Lauren, because she's like, she's like, thanks a lot, Kelly. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sexually active. <laughs> she's like, because she goes, or no, first she goes, fuck you, and she goes, you would. <laughs> So Leslie pounds on the door, scaring the shit out of everyone. Kelly's like, fuck this, breaks the window and tries to climb out under the tree and just oh, falls to her death. Stupid down. Kelly. And then she's like, uh. <laughs> She's just like, ah! <laughs> but then they look out the window and we see Leslie look down at the body and then look up at them and he's got that like crazy pissed look in his face. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you killed Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> what are you doing? What do you want? What are you waiting for? Someone should have just yelled down to him, Leslie, she was not a virgin. We saw it. She, would he have just walked away and the movie? He would have been like, No, because it wasn't on tape. <laughs> he wanted it for a spank bang. He would have just started walking toward the apple orchard with the The curb your enthusiasm music. Oh man. So they head to the barn with Leslie following them. They realize that's exactly where he wants them to be, and Todd decides to sacrifice himself. He's like, have a nice summer, guys. Yeah. I love what he yells to him. Come on, you physical specimen. Come on and chase the doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Todd's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> so we see Leslie following him, and then poor Todd gets his oh. feet stuck in the mud. He goes, what the fuck? It just falls over. <laughs> And then Leslie, you know, climbs up on him, and Todd's like, come on, Leslie, come on, stop, stop. And he goes, let me see your face. And he pulls the mask off, and you just see the crazed look on yeah. Leslie's face. Yeah, he's gone. And he grabs Todd by the neck and snaps his neck. Bone snap. Yep. Not boner. Yeah, he, he snapped that bone. <laughs> but back in the barn, we get a quiet moment where Taylor realizes that none of these kids actually matter, that they're the fodder, and she's the one he's actually after and she just she's so fucking pathetic at this point mm-hmm. yes she's well, just crying and like <laughs> well because she goes she's like because uh shane goes how long have you guys been watching us and she goes it doesn't matter none of this matters and then she stops and she goes oh my god none of you matter and then she starts freaking out and then lauren goes it's her and she realizes that taylor's the virgin mm-hmm. she's the survivor girl and that Leslie figured this all out from the start. Like, he knew before they even started rolling film. Yeah. So. There's a lot of panty shots of Lauren. Yeah, because yeah. she climbs up that ladder, like, four times. Yeah. <laughs> so. Glad she didn't have poop tracks. <laughs> <laughs> They're racing stripes. <laughs> so they hear a noise, they panic and hide. In comes Doc Holleran, and Doug cracks him upside the head with a shovel. Knocking him out. Way to go, Doug. Doug sucks. So Lauren runs up to the hayloft to hide and gets killed just like Leslie said. He jumps out and kills her. Shane follows her up and Shane gets it bad. Like, he follows up. Leslie tackles him, starts beating the shit out of him, wraps a rope around his neck, and then jumps off the loft with him, breaking his neck with the rope. And then falls to the ground below. Meanwhile, 
Doug's trying to, like, move hay bales away from the door and finds the corpses of the stoners. Because, <laughs> again, Leslie's decorating with the corpses, but as you do. They She wanted to go out that window, but Leslie also rigged, like, a bunch of sharp objects. Yep, you put a bunch of knives and, like, pitchforks. But while they're moving the hay bales, you see Leslie set up, like, the damn Terminator and start coming at them. Doc Holleran jumps up, grabs Leslie's arm... Gives them a moment to get away, and then Leslie stabs Doc Holleran with the scythe. So, then he comes after him, and Doug tries to stop Leslie. He's like, uh, I love her, Leslie. Stop. He just grabs his head and bounces it <laughs> off the wall. Yep. I love that. Because Doug's like, he's so timid. He's like, don't do it. And then, burp, and he's out. Oh, my God. So Taylor gets out the the little like <laughs> like a hay shoot or whatever. It looked like grain. Yeah, yeah, some kind of little shoot. She slides down like wee, <laughs> and and runs for the tool shed. So she ends up getting. Uh, she grabs an axe at the and she went for the back of the tool shed because he told her all the obvious weapons up front are sabotaged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So well, of course, this one's sabotaged as well. But he grabs, she grabs that and heads for the apple orchard. Showdown in the apple orchard. And this is where she's like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> was it like the third or, yeah, like the third movie in a row. We've, yeah. had, we've had an I know what you did last summer moment. <laughs> but I do love how he's circling her like a fucking shark. Yes. Yeah. Like he's just mm-hmm. watching her as she's moving through the apple orchard. Um, you know, he pops out, she dodges and then hits him with the axe in the stomach and it breaks just like she's, like yep. he said it would. So she goes to pick up the, the broken handle and looks at it. She turns. Leslie's body is already gone. So she runs off to the cider shed. <laughs> he, he follows after her. He opens the door and she's nowhere to be seen. Suddenly a heavy hook on a rope slams into him. She jumps on Leslie's back. <laughs> Just, it was like a howler monkey. She was like, ah! yeah. <laughs> Knocks him to the ground. He gets the upper hand, starts choking her. She gets his scythe, stabs him in the side, then grabs him, throws his head in the cider press, and jumps on his back, holding him down. This is brutal. It is. She starts twisting it. And you hear the cracking. Yep. And then he goes, like, at the very last moment, he, like... Pulls the mask off. Pulls the mask off, and he goes, Taylor... I know you were, I knew you were the one. That's just haunting. And then she, she screams and twists at Walmart and you hear the crack followed by blood trickling. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, yeah. And then, so she starts like, uh, spreading gas or she grabs a gas can. Because of course there's a gas can in the cider house. Of course. (laughs) Because the hand crank needed gasoline for some reason. But she starts spreading it around, lights a match. Burns the building and then stands us. And I love it because it's silent, but you see her like screaming at the building. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, falls to her knees and is crying and all that. And then, (laughs) surprise! There's Doug and Dr. Loomis. (laughs) (laughs) And Doc Holleran. Doc Holleran. Injured, but otherwise fine. Yes. That's why he would have the limp in the the sequel. But I love it because Doug asks, is he? And Taylor goes, I, I don't know. I don't know what he is. And Doc goes, he's just a man. And then they watch the building burn. As we, they embrace. Yep. And yes. we zoom in on the on the flames. And it made me want to s'more. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted cider after watching this. <laughs> but we cue Psycho Killer and the credits. But wait, there's more. So as the credits are rolling, we see a security camera in a morgue with a coroner. 
Leslie's body is wheeled in. The coroner turns his back to him and is making, like, writing out paperwork while uh, the credits continue to roll. Eventually, the credits end. Leslie sits up, turns, and looks at the coroner. Cut to black, title card, the end. It was such a good movie. Oh, my God. The third act, like... It's so good. It was it was chef's kiss. Yeah. Yes. This is one of those ones, we've discussed this before, it's, it's kind of hard to do justice to a movie that is this good. Yeah. Right. Because all we're doing is going, this was good, this was good, this was... It's really hard to pick it apart. So, when I first watched it, the ending had let me down. Like... Really? The credits... Because I didn't remember the flame retardant. Ah. And I went, oh, well, it would have been better if he was just a guy building up a myth and not some supernatural creature. But yep. then, after watching it a few times, I'm like, flame retardant. Mm-hmm. He is still just a guy building the myth. But yep. he's a very methodical and careful man building a myth. And that's the thing. Like, he's... I mean, yeah, the way that that burning that building turned into a fucking burning inferno. There's no way he would have survived that right. even with flame retardant because right. he wouldn't have been able to breathe. But right. you know, it's it's cool that they had that that element in the film to kind of explain it away. Like it's a little hand wavy, but they can at right. least explain it away. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, seriously, this like I said at the start, this is one of my favorite movies of the past couple of decades. Mm-hmm. It's one of my all time favorite slasher movies. Like you guys know how much I love Scream. And this, I think, I would put above screen. Like, I adore this film. And I, I'm so angry we never got more. Because everybody involved, from, you know, the director to the actors, everyone was so good. Yes. And so, at least, let's put it this way, the main players were so good. Yeah. The fodder did what fodder does. <laughs> I'm surprised the stoners weren't nominated for an Oscar. I don't know, right? <laughs> they, they would have been <laughs> nominated for a Stony. A Stony, yes. <laughs> but no, so final thoughts any, other than just we love it? If you haven't seen it, I strongly encourage you to spend the three ninety nine and rent it on yes. it's on Apple TV as well. Yep. And and on Amazon. It's definitely I think it's only nine ninety nine to buy digitally. Yeah. It's so, cheap. Yeah. Or I mean, yeah, just just get it. Yeah. yeah. It's worth the ten bucks. Like yeah. And th- this is one of those films, like, if, if you are anything... Well, if you're listening to this show, I, you're, you're like us. You're going to watch the Friday the 13th movies every Halloween, all the mm-hmm. Halloween... This is one of those films that fits in right with those. Like, if you're going to watch those, throw this in the mix. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's yeah. worth it. Usually in October, I watch this. I watch The Houses That October Built. Same. I watch, you know, all Hell House. Those. Yep, Hell House Hell, LLC. Hell House is Hellfest is one I always watch. Oh, I love Hellfest. Yep. Uh, that's another one I wish got a sequel. Like, I like that it didn't in some regards, because I like how it ends. But, man, I would like to see more with that. that Terrifier sequel is out now, isn't it? It's coming out. I want to see it so far. I wish I could go see it at Terrors, but there's no way. I, it's right before Blammo. There's no way I'm going to be able to get the time off. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to buy it the moment I can get it. So, confession bear time. When Terrifier was on Netflix, I mm-hmm. tried to watch it. And you know my fear of clowns. It is an effective movie for me, and that oh, I was so creeped out I couldn't finish watching it. Wow, really? Yeah. See now, and it wasn't like gore. The gore, like that, doesn't oh, bother me. Like when he splits the, the guy, hacksaw. Ooh, well, girl, the that's, girl. That's right. It yeah. was a girl. That didn't bother me, but the clown. Oh yeah, his, Art the clown. Art the clown just really scarier to me than Pennywise. You know, I, we were talking about this at your birthday. The whole. Uh, 
we were talking about the dick trauma in all of our previous movies <laughs> and how there's not a lot of vaginal trauma in, in slasher films. That's one I forgot about yeah. is Terrifier. Yeah. Where he saws her from the bottom up. It's from like, Gucci. Ooh, so gross. <laughs> but I will say, uh, um, oh God, why can't I think? David Howard Thornton, the guy who plays him, mm-hmm. he is an awesome person. He is super nice. Um, very, very uh, active on social media. So, like, if you're on Facebook or Twitter with him, like, dude is constantly commenting on, talking about stuff, promoting stuff. Like, he's really cool. Um, but I had the the pleasure of meeting him at Para Horror. I want to say it was either 2018 or 2019. I think it was 2018. And um, super nice guy. He actually, like, when they were doing the, the haunted tours, he was kind of going around to all the tables, checking out the mm-hmm. art and all that. And he came over to mine and Tara's table, and he was just chatting with the two of us for a minute. And then he saw that I had an Art the Clown drawing and got all excited. And I had originally drawn that before Terrifier came out, because I drew it from uh, All Hallows' Eve. Mm-hmm. And then so I, I gave it to him, and he's like, oh, I'll be right back, I'll be right back. He ran over and got a photo of him as Art the Clown and had signed it for Aww. me. So he's, yeah, he's a really nice guy. Well, I could give it another go, because I can rent it on Apple mm-hmm. TV, or it's also on Tubi. I'm telling you, I think Terrifier is one of the best, like, it's a hardcore, like, slasher movie. Like, it's gory as shit. Um, I, like I said, it wasn't the gore that, tur- I just, I, he is scarier to me oh, than yeah. Pennywise. Art's terrifying. Honestly, All Hallows Eve is a terrible fucking movie. He didn't play Art in that one. It, it's a terrible movie, but Art the Clown is the best part of it. Like, he's super creepy in that. Oh my god, it, the toward the beginning of Terrifier when they're in the diner or the yeah. restaurant and there, he just looks at them. There's a scene similar to that in, in All Hallows' Eve that that really got under my skin when I first watched it. But, um, yeah, we'll jump into the credits, or the uh, trivia. We, we mentioned a ton of the trivia throughout. But one thing I did forget to mention is that at uh, Eugene and, and Jamie's house, the lament configuration is on the one table. I didn't so notice that. It's on the coffee table. Um, Maurice mentioned it, but we didn't really go into detail when they were doing the, uh, the drive-by at the, the high school, you see the three little girls from Elm Street jumping mm-hmm, rope. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the Red Rabbit in all that, uh, the Kevin McAllister gloves. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this, this is when I had said the, the name Doc Holleran is a mix of two names from The Shining. It's the nickname for Danny, Doc, mm-hmm. and then from Dick Holleran. The other character that's in the movie, yeah, so yeah. it's the two, mm-hmm. and um, the other one with the shinning. The other, yeah, the shinning. You want to get sued? Quiet, <laughs> <laughs> boy. You want to get sued? Um, but yeah, the uh, the name. Um, well, obviously Jamie is Jamie Lee Curtis, but uh, Kelly Curtis is named after Jamie Lee Curtis's sister, who is also Kelly Curtis. Huh. So there's oh. there's a lot of reference to that, and the last name of Mancuso. Anyone know? One of the writers of Friday Thirteenth. Frank Mancuso Jr. Frank. Yep. I remember if it's Frank or Tony. Yep. So it's like as soon as I heard that the first time I watched it, it was like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, but one more Shining re- uh, reference is um, the music that's playing when we see the the final photo in The Shining of Jack, at, like, at, in at the, the photo. At the New Year's party. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that's the same music that's playing when Leslie's getting his makeup on. So they... Really? Yep. There's a lot of, like... Really Easter subtle eggs. Easter eggs, mm-hmm. yeah. I love it. Now it gives me another reason to watch it. Yeah, Again. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I know this was like a shorter one, which is you know, which is fine. We're happy with shorter episodes, but there just wasn't a lot to pick apart. It yeah. was re- like you said, it was really us sitting around going, "I really love this. I love this." Well, it's like um, what was the the one about the uh, was it the the mute girl 
that we watched. Hush. Hush, thank you. It was like that. We got through that one in like an hour because the whole movie we were just like, this was awesome. That was yeah. awesome. This was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very hard to, to cover a film like this without just gushing all over it. That sounded dirty. Um, <laughs> but our social media, for anyone that is not already following us, we are The Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram, and Maurice handles our Twitter. What is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's The. Thank you very much. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited content. I am uh, now posting the unedited ones usually at least a couple of days before this the edited one hits the feed. So if you want to listen early or really like the unedited stuff, that's how you get onto it. Um, also, the higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail and get you a chance to pick the movies that, like, pick some birthday movies and stuff like that. Uh, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. So if you like this, uh, check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials for other podcasts that are pretty frickin' awesome. And, um,. Other artists and musicians. And uh, Susie, I know you had one you wanted to throw out. I want to plug our very good friend, Tara Matravich. Mm-hmm. She is launching her new um, her new business called Coffin Dreams, LLC. It's apparel and clothing. Um, she is one of the original founders of the Boogeyman's Closet. Yep. And we're all, we're super excited for her to do this new endeavor. So check out Coffin Dreams, LLC. She's on Facebook. I'm not sure if she has... Um, her shop up on Instagram, but it launches on Friday. Yep. Tons of stuff that she's already posting is like sneak peeks on on her Facebook page for the shop. And I really need to get this, um, my ride is here tote bag mm-hmm. that she made. I really need one of those. But check her out. We love her and we're really proud of her that she's doing this. And I'm going to give a little, little sneak peek. We are going to have a couple of her items in our Christmas giveaway Ooh. this year. I've already uh, discussed it with her. I told her the things I would like to purchase for the giveaway. So if you look at, look at her shop once it opens on Friday and like what you see, definitely check us out in December because we're going to be giving some of her stuff away. But another uh, awesome podcast on the Rad Pantheon Network is one that Corey is a part oh. of. Oh, and my pot, well, my and my family's podcast, because B would be like, no, you can, it's your podcast. <laughs> but my husband would be like, no, it's our podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, it's our podcast, not just mine. <laughs> but don't ever call it B's podcast because he will deny it. And you don't talk about Twitter. We don't talk about Twitter. <laughs> my kids kind of dumb but you can find us on facebook so it's come the number two this instagram is so it's come to this underscore pod or email us at so it's come to this pod at gmail.com you can find us on spotify stitcher google and apple podcast or wherever you find your fine podcast and we are also part of red pantheon exactly so check out red pantheon again you can find a bunch of great podcasts and uh, I tell you, I, I'm one of those people that I fell off the Simpsons bandwagon, God, maybe a decade ago. I still laugh my ass off and enjoy the podcast every time it comes out. You so. mean with everyone else except for my husband? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, even if you're not currently watching The Simpsons, it's a great podcast to listen to. Definitely check it out, guys. Um, and it's le- much more family-friendly than ours. Yes. Uh, yeah. as, as often commented on uh, your podcast, we, we are the, the naughty sister podcast. <laughs> or, as I say, listen to 
listen if you're over 18 or if your parents don't like you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Corey, thank you for joining us. It was a Thanks pleasure. Thanks for having me, even though I strong-armed you into it. Oh, I was excited. As <laughs> and if you guys like this, stay tuned for October because there might be a more, uh, you know, Simpsons, Boogeyman's Closet Maybe synergy coming up. So I'm excited <laughs> for that. But uh, our next episode for anyone that wants to watch the movie. Oh my God, I'm so excited! <laughs> is one we have threatened for a long fucking time. We are starting our month of Frankenstein movies with the classic Frankenhooker. You want a date? <laughs> <laughs> so episode 157 is Frankenhooker. It's on Tubi right now for free, so you got no excuse not to watch it. So check it out, laugh your ass off, then come listen along to our podcast next week. So with that, I think we're going to wrap this one up. So uh, as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.